Well, welcome back again this week to Myths versus Facts. We're going to start a few segments on Jacobinism. Lenin said that the Bolsheviks were the Jacobins of the 20th century. This statement, fully understood, would tell the story of the Jacobin movement in France and the United States without the necessity of anyone exploring who and what the Jacobins were. All of the outrages described in earlier segments on the French Revolution came about due to the influence of the Jacobin movement. Without this coordinated influence of the many people that worked within the Jacobin movement, the breakdown of what we consider law and order would not have taken place, at least not in the national sense in France. The Jacobins became the vanguard of the revolution and the extreme leading edge of the breakdown of society, using the guillotine as the instrument of enforcement in town after town. The executions by the guillotine were not confined to Paris. The terror had to be up close and personal to be effective. So the guillotine was widely used across the country. It had the same effect that beheadings by terrorists have today in the Middle East. The Jacobins were named after the Jacobin Club of Paris. Those who attended the meetings of the Society of Friends of the Constitution, and then within a short time, those who attended the network of clubs that grew up all over France and under the leadership of the Illuminati. The general revolutionary philosophy was held by all, but later rivalries for power split the Jacobins into factions. These factions' leaders found themselves killed by other Jacobins at the guillotine until finally Robespierre and his henchmen achieved the leadership until they too were executed. Those executed by the Jacobins not only included royalty, priests, nuns, but anyone who could be a rival to Robespierre and his immediate circle. This ultimately became the norm relative to who was the victim of the guillotine. Now keep in mind that not all royals were executed, nor were all priests, since some were members of the clubs forming the Jacobin movement. Now this demonstrates that the movement was not anti-royal in the strict sense, since some were spared. They were part of the Illuminist uh, coterie. The fact that Catholic priests were involved was an indication that there were those Illuminists who were on the inside helping to destroy the Catholic Church to be replaced by Illuminism. This was also true of Protestant churches. It remains true today. We hope we will be able to demonstrate that in America there were clergy who are more enemies of Christianity than most can imagine today. This has always been a problem and it changed the American church into something nearly unrecognizable from the time of the American War for Independence. As the violence of the French Jacobins accelerated, some of the leaders became the forerunners of what became communism and Nazism as we, as we have previously demonstrated. The problem that existed then and exists today is that in order to be successful, the Illuminati worked in both sides. One could not tell who was a friend or foe if you opposed Illuminism or Jacobinism. Lafayette was an example of this. His loyalty was to himself before any revolutionary movement he was involved in. Therefore, his loyalty was always suspect until ultimately he became the leader of the Carbonaries in France. The situation in France deteriorated to the point where no one could trust anyone. 
And in order to survive, people would denounce others to the authorities just to make themselves seem loyal to the cause. The power that Robespierre exercised was through his influence over the French assembly. And they finally stood up to Robespierre and had him and his closest allies executed. Now at this point, the reign of terror, as it became known, subsided and ultimately Napoleon was named consul. Also, the international aspect of the movement, instilled by Illuminism, was replaced by French nationalism quite quickly. The influence which caused this to take place was the attempt by France to conquer Europe by force under Napoleon. In other words, the military campaigns of Napoleon began to instill in the French a national pride due to their many victories. The victories of the French were not simply due to the, to the superiority of the French army and the prowess of Napoleon, but the aspect that is never discussed was the fifth column of Illuminati in the targeted countries. The Illuminists had installed Napoleon and while he served their goals, he was supported within the targeted countries by the Illuminati who worked to see that he achieved success. It was a very important member of the Continental Masonry, Talleyrand, a member of the Illuminati, who was instrumental with other Illuminists in the rise of Napoleon I from 1797 to 1799. It was not unusual for governments under the protection of Napoleon's France to have a radical change. For instance, the government of Bavaria was the entity that tried to warn the rest of Europe on the danger of the Illuminati, but to no avail. They saw in it a completely different type of organization that had existed before and was designed to subvert not only existing governments, but society itself away from God. Under Napoleon, the Bavarian government came under the leadership of the Illuminati. Along the way, Napoleon became more important to himself than his loyalty to those who had installed him. It became obvious that Napoleon was starting to separate himself from those who, who had put him in power. The time frame of this happening was marked by Napoleon's divorce from Josephine in 1810 and his marriage into the royal family of Austria to Maria Louise. The Austrian royalty was the biggest opposition to Illuminism at the time. Once this happened, the Illuminati turned on him and was interpreted by the Illuminati that Napoleon had turned on them completely and ultimately it led to Napoleon's fall. Next week we shall look into the introduction of America of the Jacobin movement.